welcome back to Recharge Radio, your one-stop spot to get spiritually recharged for your day. We want to get you thinking of your worship to God as a Christian. My name is Tim, and thanks for tuning in. The topic of our discussion today is the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I understand this is quite the controversial topic because of all the different kinds of teaching there is about it. At the end of the day, our goal is to be as biblical as possible and say exactly what the Word of God has to say about it. And when you look into it, the filling of the Holy Spirit has no mystical, overly emotional, or fantastical connotations about it. There is no such thing as gaining more of the Holy Spirit, nor is there such a thing as being spiritually empowered for miracles either in this day and age. The filling of the Holy Spirit is actually much better than all of those things, and it is quite simple to understand. There really is only one verse we need to turn to, and that's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, which reads, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Is that it? Yes, that's it. And while it may not seem like much right now, hang tight and see how much we can learn from this verse. The context in this section of Ephesians reminds us that Paul is exhorting the Ephesians to be imitators of God and walk in a manner worthy of their calling. As such, you'll find application after application filling this whole chapter different sections for different parts of life. So when we arrive in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, this is another exhortation amongst many where Paul is addressing a specific issue. In this case, the problem is clear. Drunkenness. He is tackling the sin of drunkenness, which is plaguing this church. Now, this is important because it adds the necessary context to understand the filling of the Holy Spirit. So let's read verse 18 again. It says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. You'll find a very specific word in the middle of that verse, the word but. This tells us that the idea of being filled with the Spirit is directly contrasted with the idea of being drunk with wine. See where we're going now? Paul is saying that rather than be drunk with wine, you ought to be filled with the Spirit. These two ideas are clearly connected, so if we can understand one, then we can understand the other. So let's talk about drunkenness. What happens when you become drunk? Usually what happens is that you lose control of your speech. It becomes slurred and slow. You also lose control of your emotions, hopping between anger and melancholy at the snap of a finger. Motor functions go out the window, where you lose your ability to even walk straight. You lose control of your desires, the inhibitions are now gone, and you often run wild. So if you put that all together, what happens? You find one common theme, losing control. Whether it's your emotions or your body or your thoughts, you lose control over all of them, and ultimately, you lose control of yourself. What happens is that the alcohol now controls you. And it affects everything that you do. It has influenced you. And that is the nature of drunkenness, losing control. That's the central idea contained within this verse then. And that's our clue to an understanding of the filling of the Holy Spirit. If the baseline idea is one of control, what's being contrasted here? It's not the degree of control, 
but rather the one who is controlling. You see, what Paul is trying to say is that rather than being drunk and controlled by wine, you ought to be controlled by the Spirit. Because if you think about it, what's another way of describing drunkenness? To be filled with alcohol. So rather than being filled with alcohol and controlled by it, we ought to be filled with the Spirit by yielding control over to the Holy Spirit. That's all it means to be filled with the Spirit. It's simply to allow Him to take control over our lives. And like I said before, there really is no mystical or fantastical notions about it. We just have to humble ourselves before God and say, Not my will, but your will be done. Now, isn't it much better to have the Holy Spirit be in control of us rather than alcohol or even our own sinful selves? When we consider what the Holy Spirit has done for us and what He is capable of doing even now, why would we not want Him to be in control of our lives? Consider the specific fruit of the Holy Spirit that He is able to bear in our lives. It says in Galatians 5, 22-23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow! I would love to be that much more loving, or joyful, or patient, and so on. You get the idea. So today, yield control of your life over to Him, and rejoice in the fruit of His work. Practically, that comes simply through obedience to God's Word. Because as we read and apply the Word in our lives, we are taking those commandments and letting them dictate how we live. And that is how we give up control of our lives for a worthwhile return. There really is no better investment out there. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode on the filling of the Holy Spirit. I pray that it has encouraged you to examine who or what controls your life. If Recharge Radio has been of benefit to you, we would love to hear about it. So send us a message at rechargeradio at rgcsd.com. This is Tim, once again, signing off until next time. 